Hi, well, welcome to the podcast uh, at the Aspen Chapel for today, Sunday, the 19th of March. And today we're going to be talking about awakened consciousness. So as I said, um, last week we talked about the nature of non-attachment and how being not attached to the outcomes in our lives opens us up to being able to choose a loving response to what's in front of us by being not concerned about what's going to happen. We're able to bring a loving response to what's in front of us. That lovely quote from Thomas Merton. You do not need to know precisely what's happening or where it's all going. What you need to recognize is the possibilities and challenges offered by the present moment and embrace them with courage, faith and hope. We also look to the fact that when you see things clearly, you see that in actuality, heaven is this world clearly seen. Heaven is this world clearly seen. And I mentioned my favorite definition of enlightenment, which is that rocks are hard and water's wet. Alluding to the idea that enlightenment is really just seeing what is as what is, rather than putting our own spin on it. And today I want to look at the idea of awakened consciousness. Um, That was the talk that Cyprian Consiglio was going to give this morning, um, at this weekend, but he had to cancel. And I thought it just fitted in with the series that we're doing at the moment. So I just thought I I would uh, uh, do it myself. Um, And over the last few weeks, we began by looking at fear and the way that that can drive us if we don't transform it, that fear can drive us if we don't transform it. And then we looked at trust as a gateway to that transformation. And it was from there that we arrived at being unattached. Awakened consciousness, I think, comes from that non-attachment. It comes from being present to what's going on right in front of us. It allows us to recognize the possibilities and challenges, as Thomas Merton said, offered by the present moment and embrace them with courage, faith and hope. It's one of those um, yes please um, qualities like apple pie and ice cream or world peace or democracy. No one's going to say no to awakened consciousness. It's always yes please I'll have some of that. And the word comes... Awaken comes from the Old English awaka, which means to awaken, to revive, to originate, to spring from. That's what it actually, there's a sense of coming from something in that. And of course, you know, the first thing we think of when we think about awakened consciousness is, of course, coming out of sleep. Coming out of sleep. We waken from sleep, from unconsciousness, and we come into our day conscious. So we're all actually right at this moment living in awakened consciousness, except those who I look at who routinely nod off during the messages. And I'll wake them up now and say, now you are in awakened consciousness. But here we're talking, I think, about something deeper than just simply being awake. We're talking about being awake to all that the present moment has to offer us. And that's something many of us aspire to. 
you know, the whole developing consciousness course, which I uh, occasionally do in, on, in the evenings, uh, talks about be, becoming awake to our senses and how we come awake to the way that we frame our reality. We come awake to what our mind is doing, be aware of our, our thoughts, uh, looking at the workings of the mind and realizing that we're not our minds. And, and the whole course is about becoming awake. We have to awaken to all that's present now. We have to awake to our past. We have to awake to how it shaped us into who we are now. And we have to be awake to the possibilities and challenges offered by the present moment. But more than all that, I think awakened consciousness pertains to being awake to that which contains everything. As well as all that stuff going on, we also have to be awake to that which contains everything. We have to be awake to the context within which we exist. It's being awake to the context. Context literally means context, literally joining together the context within which we exist. And that, and that joining together is the joining of all that we see in our world and all that serves to contain it. We have to be awake to that. I mentioned before, I once listened to a program on NPR which looked at the difference between artificial intelligence and human intelligence, and what, what, you know, what one had over the other. And what they really said was that artificial intelligence was just a huge library. And the difference is that with human intelligence, the one thing that, that we have above all that is context. We have our experience. We can, we can look at where the information sits within the context of our experience. And so we have to include the greater context within our awakened consciousness. Literally, you know, that great spirit of all from the Lord's Prayer, Father of us, our Father, that is the greater context. It acknowledges the existence of other, the acknowledgement of that there is more than what we just see. And that we're part of something immeasurably greater than ourselves that contains us and gives us life. And being awake to that I think it's more than just believing in God. It's more than just believing in God. It's being constantly aware of a living presence that we're part of. Being constantly aware that our consciousness is one view from, a view from and into a greater whole and a greater consciousness. That we are all an expression of that consciousness which will come through us whether we're sent to it or not. You know, we're, we're part of that consciousness. We look into it, it speaks and comes through us, whether we like it or not, there's no escaping it. The only choice we have is whether or not we actively cooperate with it or not, cooperate with that greater consciousness. And the decision to cooperate is the decision to live in awakened consciousness. It's a decision to cooperate. That old idea is expressed in the Hindu scripture, the Upanishads. And it says in the Upanishads, in the heart of all things, of whatever there is in the universe, dwells the Lord. In the heart of all things, of whatever there is in the universe, dwells the Lord. He alone is reality. The self is one, unmoving. It moves swifter than thought. The senses do not overtake it, for always 
it moves not. From the ignorant is far distant, yet it is near. It is within all, it is without all. He who sees all beings in the self, and the self in all beings hates none, goes before, remaining still, it outstrips all that run. Without the self, there is no life. Without the self, there is no life. Realizing that is awakened consciousness. That is, that is the realization of awakened consciousness, that context, as well as everything else. As Jesus said, I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you. I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Awakened consciousness, therefore, includes arising from sleep into our day, it includes being conscious of our senses and how we're perceiving our reality. It includes awareness of thought and feelings. It includes an awareness of our past and what shaped us. It includes seeing what is for what is. Rocks are hard and water's wet. It includes seeing that there are no others and realizing that the whole created order can be included within us and transformed through our compassion. And it includes all this as being only a partial view of reality. And that we and all this is an expression of a far greater consciousness that gives us our life and expresses itself through us. And then you've got to get on with your day job. You know, all of that. And then you've got to live your life. So awakened consciousness includes all that, you know, mesmerizing reality and then having to get on with making breakfast. You know, I think the idea of achieving awakened consciousness seems such hard work when you think of it in those terms. So I think that's what awakened consciousness is. Here I am, you know, men, Ward mending his computer, or my computer, while at the same time being conscious of his perceiving of reality, being aware of seeing what is and realizing the divine, and, oh, crap, I have to live my life as well. You know, it's so difficult to... Think how you do all that together. And that's the great lesson. That's why we struggle with it. The key to living in awakened consciousness is just to live your life without worrying about it at all. Without even worrying the fact that you're living in awakened consciousness or not. And the key is that all the work is done in the practice. You haven't got to practice, that, that's difficult. But all the work is done in the practice, whatever that is for you, whether it's sliding down the mountain, whether it's sitting zen-like, you know, whatever it is, the practice, that's where the work is done. Your practice is like winding up a clockwork mouse. You wind up the clockwork mouse, wind, 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 then you put it on the floor and off it goes, all the way around. Your practice is you winding your practice is being, you know, while you're practice, you're being conscious of perceiving reality as being aware of, seeing what is, realizing the divine. You're really concentrating on being aware of all that. And you do that in a, in a controlled space, recognizing when you drift off, seeing when you fall asleep, acknowledging the deeper reality. And then you get up from your practice and you go about your day like the mouse buzzing around here and there, 
trusting that you've done the work, trusting that you are in the right place, trusting that fundamentally you are being conscious of perceiving the reality, being aware of what is, seeing what is, you know, the divine, all that sort of stuff. You trust that. You don't have to think about it. And that's how I, in a sense, operate in my life. I put everything into that practice. And then I just let go when I go into my day. I trust that I've done the work. And, and, and it's all going to be okay. And people said to me, how do you know? You know they said to me, how do you, how do you write this stuff on a Sunday? How do you get up you know, one, one week and then uh, write another week the next week? And, and get, I just trust that I've done the work and that I am going to be awake and, and that I am going to go in that particular direction. It is going to be okay. And when I come to write these, I will just sit down on my computer and write because I've done the work. And that's why practice is so important. You know, you don't have to spend time thinking about it. You just let yourself go into it once you've made that commitment to being awakened. And and it it does come to you. So that does pose a question, though. What about the idea of being enlightened? You know, the enlightened consciousness. You know, being a Christ-like, Buddha-like, bodhisattva, you know, turning water into wine healing the sick, transcending the limitations. You know, what about that thing about being enlightened? On that fundamental level, you know, Jesus, Buddha, you know, all that sort of real stuff that everybody, gurus and stuff, aimed at. Well, the trouble with talking about enlightenment at this level is you've got to be enlightened at that level. And, you know, I don't experience my life at that level. You know, I don't experience it at the turning water into wine and healing the sick and, you know, arming my way through life at that sort of transcendent level. And, you know, I've never met anyone who has. I haven't. I've read stories and I, and I can see the truth in those stories. But it's just not my reality. I don't see it as reality. And I think that when you're looking at the nature of consciousness, when we're looking at this sort of thing, All you can really do is tell the truth about what you do experience. You can just tell the truth about what you experience. You can't do anything more than that. It doesn't help to try and be where you're not. You know, I don't experience that in my life. You know, I can't talk about that. And that goes for those so-called experiences of enlightenment or people living in that. I, I was talking last week about peak experiences you know, that people talk about. Um, And I was saying last week that I think they're no more special than any other experience. You know, the soil at the top of the mountain is the same soil you find at the bottom of the mountain. The only difference is one of perspective. And so-called peak experience is just the same experience as we are all having right now. There's no difference. Both experiences, both experiences contain information relevant to the understanding of reality. If you're not able to experience, if you can't experience where you are right now and what you're doing right now, here, you wouldn't be in your right mind. If if you couldn't work that out, you wouldn't be in your right mind. You'd be nowhere near 
awakened consciousness, if you, if you couldn't work out what was going on in this room right now. But you are able to process the information you're receiving right now. And you have a sense of perspective of where you are and what's going on right now. In the same way, these peak experiences are simply another way of perceiving where you are and what's going on. It's just another way of receiving a download of information. Now, experiencing where you are now and what's going on is a combination of direct experience, first of all, and what you've been told. That's what it is. Working out what's going on right now is a combination of direct experience and what you've been told. You experience yourself in this room. You know we are in a a chapel gathering. And you've been told that these sorts of experiences have been going on for 2,000 years or so. You know, people have been going to church and talking about Jesus and all that. You 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 don't know it, but you've been told that that's what's been going on in different forms. You know that you're in Aspen and in the US and you know you're on planet Earth. And you've been told that the Earth is round. And it's part of a universe that includes many galaxies and is about 13.8 million billion years old. You've been told of that. You don't experience it directly, but people have told you that information. What we know comes part from direct experience and part from shared knowledge. Part from the knowledge that we share, which is where the word con- consciousness comes from. Conskios, to know, skios, con together, to know together. Your mind and your body know together when you're eating food or to tell you direct experience. But we also know together as a community of people. That's the other way you get to know together. We're aware of racial consciousness because we've had a conversation about it lasting hundreds of years. We're aware of gender consciousness because we've talked about it at society. Those are discussions that we've had. And it's the same with those peak experiences. They are about information and some of that information can be experienced directly And some can be told about. You don't have to go into space to know that the world is a blue planet and that the moon has no atmosphere and less gravity. We've been told that and all the information we have agrees with that. Similarly, we don't need to have direct experience in the same way of the interconnectedness of all things. That experience might come our way, that peak experience. But just like going to the moon, a lot of making that experience happen is out of our control. You know, if we want to go to the moon, we might get good at maths. We might train to be a scientist. We might become an astronaut. But that doesn't mean we're going to go to the moon. Similarly, we can meditate. We can be spiritual. But it doesn't mean that we will have one of those peak experiences. It doesn't mean we're going to arrive at that particular point. That astronaut knows about the moon because he's been told about it. And it's just not his role to be there himself. We can know about the interconnectivity of all things and and the greater self, but it just might not be for us to directly experience it. But everything else conspires to tell us that it is true. It's just information, whether you receive it directly or whether you're told it. So don't think that awakened consciousness is just wandering around being like Buddha or Jesus. It's not. It's just being the eunice in your life. There isn't a greater state than right now where you are at in your life. This is absolutely the state of awakened conscious. 
And for you, this is it. You know, do the practice. Open yourself in every way you can. And then just get on with it. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, trust, assume, let go until you're brought up short. You know, life will tell you the lessons you need to learn. When you're brought up short, then, you know, like the Marines, you need to adapt and overcome or whatever it is. You know, you, you look at it and you just adapt. I love that, you know, I've said this before, the Dalai Lama was asked, what would you do if you conclusively proved that reincarnation did not exist? And the Dalai Lama said, I would change my views accordingly. You know, that's what we have to do. We just deal with what we've got in front of us. That is all you can be in awakened conscious. Work out for yourself what is true and live by it. You can't do any more than that. And the great news is, the great news is, you don't have to get enlightened. You don't need to. Forget it. There's no need for that. You don't need to get enlightened. One less thing to have to achieve. Because it's all here right now. You just know it. Heaven is this world clearly seen. And that's what it means to live in awakened consciousness. And it's worth remembering this as well, that awakened consciousness does not get you to the meaning of life. Awakened consciousness does not get you to the meaning of life. It is the meaning of life. It is. There's nothing else to work out, actually. Wanting nothing, willing nothing, knowing. It is the meaning of life. Awakened consciousness. Because there is nothing more to know than awakened consciousness. It is in, in being fully awakened that you fulfill your purpose in life. It is in being fully awakened that you fulfill your purpose in life. There's nothing else to work out. It is in being fully awakened that you realize your purpose in life. It is a resonating whole that unites the mind and the heart in the true nature of our existence. It is a resonating whole that unites the mind and the heart in the true nature of our existence. And it is here that we transform the wantingness and neediness of eros, of wanting, of erotic love, of all that stuff. It is here that we transform our wantingness and neediness into the settled unit of consciousness of agape. From eros, which is wanting, needing, to agape, which is divine love, the love of God for man and man for God. Now is the time when God will dwell in man, it says in Revelation. This is what it is. It is that non-wanting love which just admits what is rather than trying to change it. Wanting what you get rather than getting what you want. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for our lives, for our community here, for our relationships, for all that we have, the richness that is our awakened consciousness. We pray for our town, all the visitors to the town, particularly this weekend during the World Cup. We pray for all those on the mountain at the moment. Pray for the competitors, the visitors, 
those working and volunteering up and down the mountain. I pray for our whole valley, for those living in fear. Pray for a gracious sense of trust and compassion in our valley, in our country, in our world. Lord, enable us to be present to what is and respond in a loving way. Pray for all those uh, in our thoughts at the moment, Patricia Hill and Barbara Orcutt, Will Welsh, Valbrick Karlberg, Anne Hodges, Tracy Houston, Shelley's sis, Franklin's sister, Melanie, Gail Gatsky, Linda Schneider, Katie Zanto, Jeff Schlapp. Also those bereaved recently. Pray you'll enter their hearts and minds and give them that sense of your peace. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.